Good evening. Thank you for coming back tonight. Thank you as we have this time to gather together now and uh, to spend some time in God's Word. I'm so thankful for uh, Philip and the great job he does as our worship leader. I'm thankful for our elders who, isn't it beautiful to be at a place that every Sunday night you know that everybody in that prayer list will be prayed for by name. There's something comforting knowing that one of your spiritual shepherds is taking those names to the throne of God, and I'm thankful to be at a congregation who does that. Also thankful to be at a congregation who has a lot of things going. They had the middle school retreat this weekend, uh, so they are back tonight. I asked Blaine how many he took, and he didn't know. I was a little scared. He said, but I brought back everybody I took. I said, really, one of the best things to do is to not count. Actually, we had over 50 as far as uh, kids and adults gone this morning, and thankful that I know that they were blessed spiritually by being there. They've grown closer together, and they started thinking about things this weekend. The future is now was their theme, where they're thinking about the decisions they make today will affect tomorrow. Don't you wish somebody told you that when you were in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade? Wouldn't it be incredible if somebody could, and you would listen? That's the thing. People told us we just didn't listen, right? But to be able to get people to speak spirit, think spiritually, and I'm thankful for that. Also, I'm thankful that next Sunday is our We Are the Sermon Day, and it is a day that we will meet uh, both times as usual in the morning and evening. But in the middle, that afternoon, there are several, uh, le- several different projects that will be going on for people who aren't members of our congregation. There are ways for us to serve the community. And I'm thankful for those, and if you're not a part of those, we'd love for you to be. And and that's something you can uh, contact Daniel Johnson, who's our deacon over that, and find out a way that you can serve. But there are projects for the different Bible classes, and I know that next Sunday will be a blessed day, and it'll be a day that we're able to show people in this community that we love them. Please be praying for that this week. Pray, as we talked about this morning, that doors will be open for us to be able to share spiritual conversations for people. As we are here tonight, let's go ahead and pray as we begin our lesson. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today and just are in awe of you. Your love, your kindness, your mercy, your power, your compassion. Lord, we know that there are those who are hurting today, and we pray that you will be with those who need you so much. Lord, help us to be people who make a difference in the lives of other people so that we may impact the eternal destiny of others, so that we may help them have a better life in this world and the next. God, we ask that you'll be with the We Are the Sermon Day, and we pray that it will accomplish your purposes. But tonight, Lord, help us to look at your word and see what you would have us to learn and give us the courage to live it out. In Christ's name we pray, amen. It's interesting to me that when people want expert opinions, sometimes they quote celebrities. You ever seen that happen? And I always wonder sometimes, that, 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 is there something that, that they know that I don't? Is there something that, that they have any type of expertise or whatever else? And, and the thing is, when people are famous, if you will, they just have a bigger platform. And, and some of them use that platform for a lot of good. There's a lot of good that comes from people. There's also the platform may, may be used for not as good at some point in time. What if you had an opportunity to step up to a mic and address millions of people? What would you say? 
Well, what is it that you would want to, to let them know about you, maybe about God, maybe about anything? Would you have a political statement that you would want to make? It may be that you would want to say something uh, uh, about the, the, the way we treat homeless. It may be the, some, you might want to say something about peace. It may be something you want to, 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 to say about abortion or adoption. What is it that you would want to say if you had that microphone? So many times we see it abused, right? We, we sit there and go, wow, I can't believe that they said that, that they used that, and who are they? But sometimes we see something that is very, very powerful, and it helps us maybe to think, and we're very thankful that somebody used that microphone for good. This past week, I'm going to guess that you may not have been watching the CMT uh, Music Awards this week, but there was a very uh, touching moment that took place. One of the artists that was recognized was a guy by the name of Kane Brown this week, and he has had a rough week because his drummer was killed in a car wreck. When he came up to receive his reward, he just broke down crying at the microphone. He had a very difficult time getting through that, and it was an emotional night. Later on in the show, uh, Thomas Rhett uh, had won an award, and he came up, and he just said, you know, tonight has been a very heavy night. He just asked the audience, could I pray with y'all? This is a, a, an award ceremony. Could I pray with y'all? And I don't know why he asked, because he prayed anyway. I think part of it is he's trying to be kind. And he's not trying to, to be over, but he said, can I pray? And, and, and he did that. It's interesting because they, the, at this uh, country music award show, they went around and, and they showed cameras on the audience. This was not planned. And know what you saw? Bowed head after bowed head after bowed head after bowed head. He didn't pray for a long time. He prayed for comfort. He prayed for peace. He prayed in Jesus' name and, and said amen. And I was like, wow, I was very thankful that somebody stepped up to a microphone and instead of promoting themselves, promoted God. And he simply did that by saying, hey, this is something beyond our control. We are struggling with this right now. Let's pray. And that's what happened. Here's the thing. Every one of us has an audience. It may be a small audience. I, I doubt it's millions of people or even 100 people. Sometimes it's more. Every one of us has an audience. The question is, what will we say to them? And what are we saying in our lives to them? Because uh, the goal of every Christian should help to draw other people closer to Christ. The goal of every Christian should, should help to draw those who are already Christians into a stronger relationship with God, and those who are not yet Christians should be something that encourages, whether you're the one planting the seed and adding the water, waiting for God to add that increase, but that should be the goal of all of our communications and all of our relationships should be, how do I help somebody draw closer to Christ? The closest thing we have to a first century celebrity outside of Jesus would be the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was somebody who, who was well known. He was educated. He was a Christian and he had an incredible story. I mean, how many people were, were traveling from one city to another and blinded by a light from, from Damascus, uh, a light on his way to Damascus and could say that Jesus spoke to me 
And he chose me and he gave me a job. And then three days later, a man comes to him and talks to him and says, you know, arise and be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And that's exactly what he did. He had a story. He also had an audience. See, he had a great job. We've talked about this for a month, that, that his job was to go and do what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, lo, and he promises there, teaching them to observe all things I command you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He had the same job that every one of us have Christians, as Christians have jobs, to what? Spread God's message to a world that is sick. And the only thing that can heal our sick world is Jesus. He is the great physician, and we want to continually carry people to Jesus. Paul had one sermon. I'm sure he preached on a lot of different things, but he said, and when he went to the church at Corinth, he wrote the letter. He said, I came to you, and I did what? I just preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's my sermon. I want you to know who Jesus is at the end of 1 Corinthians. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, he goes through and says, I, I want to share the gospel with you. J Jesus, what? He died, was buried, rose on the third day. He wants people to know that, to know who Jesus is, to see that power so that they will, what? Also choose to be followers of Christ. As we think about him, I want us to look in Romans chapter 1. If you open your Bibles, we're going to stay there tonight. We're going to walk through Romans chapter 1, and, and I want you to see how Paul describes himself and what he says it, it looks like to be a follower of Christ. It's going to be very personal. It's all going to be, in some ways, about him. But as he do, does this, you're going to see his relationship with Christ, and I think it can help us as we want to make a difference in the lives of others. Realize Paul taught the gospel. He was a prolific writer. He wrote quite a bit of the New Testament. He was someone who was a mentor to, to uh, people who were younger than he was, Timothy and Titus and others. He was an apostle. He was a preacher. He was a missionary. He was somebody who suffered. He was somebody who, who what, established churches and equipped leaders. He took every opportunity to do what? Spread the gospel, and he lived and died as a Christian. There's a lot that we can learn from him. And in this book, we're going to learn a lot from him. As he starts out, realize what is going on here. See, we have to realize he is writing a letter to the church here at Rome. And as he's writing this letter, we need to know what's going on. What's going on is there is persecution of Christians. We call it the diaspora, that's the spreading of seed. What's happened? Christians started being persecuted in Jerusalem, and they have spread throughout the world, which ended up being a great thing because that meant God's word was carried everywhere. They, they saw it as their job to teach other people the gospel. As they left, the people went around the world doing that. And uh, there was a, around 50,000 Jews who were in Rome. And there was Christianity in Rome. There were those who had a Jewish background, those who had been converted, had a Gentile background. And the thing is, Claudius decided to kick all, every one of the Jews out of Rome. As I've said before when talking about this, then he realized there was no, no servants left. So then they brought them back. He said, you know, I want all of them gone. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, would somebody bring me a glass of tea? Well, there's nobody to bring tea because all the, the Jews were his servants. He's like, oh, I may have made a mistake. 
So later they come back, and what happens is the church had gone from primarily people from a Jewish background who were now Christians to having a primary Gentile background. Guess what? They didn't get along. So he writes a letter on unity, and also he writes a letter wanting him to share this message so that more and more people can come to Christ. Let's look at what he says about himself. If you're somebody who writes in your Bible tonight, it would be a wonderful time in Romans chapter 1 to start writing down a few words of how Paul describes himself. Chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ, Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who is descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To me, it's, it, it blows me away that the first thing he said, he, he said about himself was, I'm a servant. Apostle was second, servant first. I don't know about you, but I would want to lead with the strongest first, wouldn't you? I want to say, I've got the authority to tell you what to do because actually he does. <laughs> he comes in and he can tell this church what to do and how they should treat each other. He could come in with a bully pulpit and say, you've got to listen to me. I don't think Jesus came to any of y'all on the road. I am an apostle of Christ chosen by him to teach you. And that's not how he leads. He starts by saying, I'm a bond servant. If you want to write down a word, write down servant. Can I tell you, if we're going to make a difference in this world, we have got to see ourselves first as a servant. There's, there's no, no work that, that is beneath us when it comes to serving God. We have to see ourselves as someone who is willing to serve. See, he, he comes later and, and says, I am an apostle. He has a great message of where sin abounds, God abounds more. But he begins by saying, I am a servant. I'm an apostle and I have a purpose. I've been set apart for the gospel of God. I have been chosen to do this. I think it's amazing. He, he goes through it and lays this out and he says, I know why I'm here. I'm, I'm here because of the gospel. I'm here to spread the gospel. I am first and foremost a servant. I'm an apostle. I have a job. When I think about him, I love what this quote. It says, knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. He said, I know why I am here, and this is the life I live. Because I know why I'm here, I'm going to make a difference in the lives of those around me. He, he knew who his master. If he's a servant, then, then Jesus is his master. He knew his office, which I am an apostle, and he knew his purpose, which was the gospel to spread that. How would our lives be different if every day we realize, you know what, I'm a servant of Christ? And today I want to do what he has called me to do. And my office is servant. My office is I am a, a person chosen in a royal priesthood, as, as Peter would say. And I have a job, and my job is to share the gospel with others. Regardless of whatever other job we have, that is our purpose. 
Why did Paul make the difference he made? I believe he made the difference he made because, first of all, he knew that he was a servant. Let's keep reading in verse 8. It said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken throughout the whole world. Look and how he says, I've, I've told you this before. If you're about to get on to somebody, usually find something good to say about them first. It makes it go a lot better. And that's what he says. Is, there, is the church in Rome having a lot of problems? Yes, they're not getting along. He's going to deal with that. But he says, first of all, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you. I love that he's country through you all. Y'all, I'm thankful for y'all. Do you realize your faith is talked about through the whole world? And he's saying that positively. Now, that is a compliment that is not necessarily a compliment, though, right? To say that your faith is talking about everywhere, that doesn't mean it's good or bad. I, I have a friend who used to be a preacher, and he used to tell me, he said, man, people love my preaching. Every time after I get through preaching, they come up and say, man, we've never heard preaching like that before. I'm like, you're at your third job in about four years. Realize that might not be a compliment. It may not be. I'm sure it was them, but I, you know, it may not be, but that's not what he's doing. Your faith from Rome has shined out through the world. People know that you are a group of people who love God and love your fellow man, and you are generous to, to, to be people who want to see mission work done. He brings that out. Can I tell you the second thing, if you're going to write down Paul, about Paul, is Paul is thankful. Paul is thankful. Can I tell you, when we see ourselves as servant and we're thankful to be a servant of the king, our life changes. People say it's not happy people that are thankful, but thankful people who are what? Happy. It changes everything about ourselves. Realize Paul wrote many of his letters while he was in prison. And to be able to say that he was a, a joyful person when he wrote the Philippians just blows me away. That He says he's someone filled with joy. We read about this morning in Colossians that uh, he says, you know, I pray for doors to be open to the gospel. Again, he is in prison. I would pray for that prison door to be open so I could walk out. Not him. He is thankful. And he's thankful for people. Can I tell you, can I ask you something? How do you see people? Do you see people as precious or do you see people as a problem? Do you see people as precious or a problem? Do you see them as creating the image of God? Do you see them as, as, as God's creation here on earth, that each one of them uh, has an eternal soul, and they have the image of God, they are His image bearers, or do you see everybody as a problem? Because it is very easy to see the second and not the first. This is the same little girl a couple of years apart. In one of those pictures, you see her preciousness, and the other ones, you see that there could be a problem, right? I saw a uh, Facebook post about them last night, this little girl's from, from Spring Hill, and her mom had made these beautiful pumpkin cookies that they were taking to their fall festival. And before it was time to go, the little girl kept telling Dad, said, Dad, you ought to have some of those. Because he knew if she got, he got some, she could get some. And I sent a message. I said, man, it is a trap. 
It is a trap. He, and and uh, he, he said, no, she wouldn't do that. And I went and found that old picture and sent it to him and said, don't forget, this is who you're looking at. She is setting you up. Her mother acknowledged I was right, that she was setting her dad up. And she would do that. See, again, we can see precious, and this is her too, sometimes they're problematic, right? People can be problematic, but not, even if they are, they're creating the image of God. We see a difference in this as businesses function, right? Chick-fil-A seems to see customers as important. There, there may be times that you've had bad service there. I, I know that there's a couple times I've been a little surprised there, but for the most part, that's not the case. But if we were to list the other places here on this and other fast food places, do you ever go in there and feel like they see me as a problem? They're like, can, can you believe this person ordered food? What does he think we are, a restaurant? Have you ever felt that way in some of these places? What about the people we want to reach with the gospel? If we see people as problems, we're never going to reach people. If Paul saw everyone as a problem instead of as someone who was precious and in the image of God, he would not have made the difference that, that he made. And the thing, look what he says. He said, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Is your faith is spoken of throughout the world. For God is my witness who I serve with my spirit and the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making request of it by some means, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. He says, I want to see you, and you need to know that I am praying. Next word I would write down is prayerful. He said, I'm prayerful. I, I, I'm someone who, who, who I, am, I am a servant. I am thankful. And I'm prayerful. I am prayerful. I am praying for you. We, we spent the whole lesson talking about this in one shape, form, or fashion this morning. He prayed for this church. He prayed for himself that he could go and be with them. And if we're going to make a difference for the kingdom, we must also be prayerful. Why? Because prayer changes everything. One, I think it goes back to being a servant. Sir, uh, being a servant shows humility, right? You're willing to put yourself under. And if we are, are not humble, why would we ever pray? If we see God is on our same level, why would we ever pray and ask Him anything? Why would we ever feel like we needed to reach out to Him in any shape, form, or fashion? Because we are, we're self-sufficient. We can get everything for ourselves. And Paul is saying, someone who is an apostle is saying, I'm prayerful because prayer makes a difference. Look at verse 11. He said, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you uh, some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you with the mutual faith of both you and me. He loves people. Write down that. He said, well, he, he, he does what? I long to see you. He has a desire, it is very deep within him that he loves these people and he wants to see them built up. And not only that, I love he says there's going to be mutual edification. That means I'm going to build you up and you're going to build me up and I'm going to be blessed by that. That comes from a love for God and a love for others. 
So if we're going to make a difference in this world, people have to know we love God and love them. And sometimes they won't realize we love God until we realize we love them. And they can talk, hey, why do you love me so much? Because God loves me so much. And you can tie it back. Write that word down. And one of the greatest things anybody can say about you is that you're loving. You're loving. You, you, you love and you have a deep, deep care and concern for, for others. And that is seen. In the SALT class a couple of weeks ago that talked about one of the people in that class had a co-worker whose child uh, had been killed. And he went to that visitation, went to that funeral. What does that communicate? Love. I care about an office worker. I, I want them to know that I care, that people see that. And Paul's saying, hey, I want to, I, I long, I want to be in your presence. Why? So I can bless you when I get there. And by doing that, by being able to give you this blessing, you'll be able to bless more and it will do good for me. The people know you for your love. I'm going to say in this room, a lot of people do know you because you're loving. One of the beauties about being a part of the church family Everywhere I've ever been a part of any church family, when people find out I'm a minister at wherever, I've had somebody brag on one of our church members, no matter where it's been. I remember meeting someone when I was in Kentucky, and she said, and she's like, what do you do? I said, well, I'm the youth minister at the Calvert City Church of Christ. And she said, does so-and-so still go there? I said, yes. She said, in my entire life working, that's the best boss I've ever had. He's now an elder there at Calvert City. I, I think about that. No matter where I've been, people say, hey, that place, there, there are people there who love. That is things that are said about you, that, that you're loving and that you are kind, and we want to be known for that. This is a friend of mine. Sorry, he looks like Willie Nelson in one picture. That's their fall, fall festival. And his, his name's Gary Knuckles. He preaches in Bryansburg, Kentucky. He's been there 30-something years. I'm not sure the total, but... As long as I've known him, that's where he's been. I was talking to a, uh, a girl who grew up in, at that congregation who now worships somewhere else, and her and her husband, a couple of kids, uh, they're, they're in their mid to late 30s. And she was telling me one day, she said, you know what? She said, uh, here's what I always knew about my church. She's talking about the Bryansburg Church of Christ where she grew up. She said, I always knew my preacher loved me. And she said, no matter what happened, I knew that that man loved me because how he talked to me, how he cared for people. Can I tell you, that's what we want people to say about you and about me, that, that, that we are loving, that we make a difference, that that is something people see in our lives, that we are be people who love God and love people, and we make a difference in this world. If, we will, if you will, we go to slide number 80. We're going to come back to this next week. We're going to come back. Because I realize I'm at a certain point now, if I press through, you might start eating the songbooks. All right? So y'all come back next week, and we will, we will finish up this list. I want you to know that everybody has an audience. 
And that audience is, is a big deal because it may just be who you're married to. It may just be your children right now. Or it may be who you work with. Maybe anyway. And the thing is, what are you saying to them about God? And can I tell you, your life is saying a lot. And your life is making an impact and making a difference there. What we say has to be so important. And, and tonight, just for us thinking, do they know you're a servant of God? Will they say, wow, that person is a servant of God? That person, I can tell, loves God and they have put God. Would they say, you know what, that person is a very thankful person in the way, and we see that through their generosity. We see that through their contentment. We see that for, for the way they praise God because they are thankful and they appreciate what they have. Would they look and go, you know what, when I look at that person, I see a person who, who is prayerful. I, that person has prayed for me, and I know that they, they, they have a strong faith and they are prayerful. Would they, would they be able to acknowledge that? And would they say, you know what, that person's loving. They make a difference in my life. See, those are things that I, I believe if are said about us, then we will have this incredible impact on our families, at our jobs, at our schools, in our friend groups, whatever it is. We'll be able to show them, and, and that might might not be going out to millions, but whoever hears it, it will make a difference. That mic will make a difference. Tonight, uh, can we help you? I know that there are some tonight here who, who have yet to become Christians, and there was not a greater night in this world to do that than right now, to make that decision, to be baptized for mission of your sins. How awesome would it be tonight to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and to choose to put him on in baptism? Would you do that tonight? Or it may be that, that you, uh, you say, Craig, I, I need this church to pray for me. I've got certain things going on in my life and, and I would love for this church to pray for me. Or it may be that, say, Craig, I want to restart. I, I, I've been a Christian for a while, but I want to acknowledge that I have not lived uh, as close to Christ as I needed to and I want to start over. Tonight would be a great night for that. Tonight, if we can help you in that walk, would you come now while we stand and while we sing?